And so, the season of quiet begins. Advent, the season of preparation. Time for waiting, for silence and stillness, for contemplation. Time for sitting in hope, lighting one candle in the darkness, anticipating the coming of the full light to the world. A season to have quiet like we just had here together, tuning our hearts toward God. And yesterday was the Saturday Kitchen 40th anniversary celebration. Today, we'll have a workshop and make Advent wreaths. Tuesday, Linda Russell's marvelous concert will be in the recital hall. Next Saturday is the tree lighting at our cemetery. There are rehearsals for the pageant. There are sign-ups for the Christmas brunch, which are just in two weeks. The choirs are practicing for Christmas. And meanwhile, we're all shopping for presents, and parties are beginning, and, and, and. The Times ran a weirdly unironic piece in last week's Thursday Styles section about how this year people are choosing to stay in and rest up in preparation for the holidays, quoting one young woman saying she usually goes out five times a week, but she's only doing two right now so she can rest and prepare for more eating, more drinking, more late nights, more energy, and showing up for other people. I was exhausted just thinking about that. And there's the news. The bombs falling in Gaza again. We just expelled a member of the House as our government continues to malfunction. The climate summit is being hosted and led by the oil industry. If you're having trouble sleeping these days, there is good reason for it. Jesus tells us, look for the signs of God to come. Know that he is near at the very gates. Keep awake. I don't think he meant insomnia at 3 a.m. But then again, maybe he did. We need the quiet that this season is supposed to hold. But where can we find that stillness? I came across this poem this week that felt right to share with you all. It's by a writer named Roger Robinson and it's called A Portable Paradise. And if I speak of paradise, then I'm speaking of my grandmother, who told me to carry it always on my person, concealed, so no one else would know but me. That way they can't steal it, she'd say, and if life puts you under pressure, trace its ridges in your pocket. Smell its piney scent on your handkerchief. Hum its anthem 
under your breath. And if your stresses are sustained and daily, get yourself to an empty room, be it hotel, hostel, or hovel. Find a lamp and empty your paradise onto a desk. Your white sands, green hills, and fresh fish. Shine the lamp on it like the fresh hope of morning and keep staring at it till you sleep. You might know what it is like to carry paradise within you, concealed. I think anyone living in a place like New York knows something of what it feels like to hold a little bit of quiet within yourself. Some place you can retreat to when the noise and the smell and the chaos get to be too much. When I first moved here, I always noticed with some amazement what it felt like to leave the city and drop the protective shell around that quiet. Only when I let it go did I realize what an effort it takes to keep it up every day. Even the most extroverted among us, I believe, needs an inner self, a space where we can ground ourselves. There is so much coming at you all the time. This poem is written by a British Trinidadian living in London, and he wrote it in response to the horror of the Grenfell fire there, that catastrophic public housing fire of a few years ago that killed 72 people because no one took seriously the fire hazards of the building. And that gives you a little different context for understanding the poem, doesn't it? The need of an immigrant to hold onto pieces of home. The protection a black man in a white culture must put up to withstand others' hatred or indifference. The necessity of clinging to a little light in the face of devastating tragedy. In Gaza, right now, in hospitals right now, in homeless shelters right now, people are having to draw upon that little bit of light, that little bit of strength and peace just to get through each hour. It amazes me sometimes to think of it, what we human beings can survive. We each need paradise within us, concealed, ready to sustain us in the darkness. And that actually is what Advent is for. We like to let our Hallmark movies color our ideas of this season. 
We paint these vast pictures of home and family and peace and goodwill that have very little bearing on the reality most of us are living day to day. We cling to those visions for good reason, of course, because sometimes a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of escapism is what gets us through the day. The mental glass of wine that softens the edges. My family has taken to saying that I'm against Christmas because I try to hold it off as long as I can. That I'm inclined as anyone to an early viewing of Love Actually or Elf. Sometimes a little sweetness is nice, even if we know it isn't real. But those visions come up hard against the the apocalyptic rhetoric of the scriptures that we hear in Sunday during this season. There's no Christmas glow. There's just this austere sobriety of a candle. Santa, far less prominent than John the Baptist. Advent is a season with edges, not softly blurred contours. For all our efforts to rush past it and jump into the treacle, the church stubbornly forces us into a different way. Not because the sweetness is wrong, but because we know that in the end, sugar can't sustain us. We need more nourishing fare to get through these days. There's more coming at us than we can weather with make-believe. So I love Robinson's image of carrying paradise within us like a concealed weapon. It's fierce. It takes seriously the threat of the stresses around us. And as he says, we need to carry it. We need to nurture that paradise within us, every one of us. We need the quiet of a few moments in a time of noise. We need a hope that does not depend on external circumstances going our way. We need the empty stillness that holds a place for God. T.S. Eliot's poem, East Coker, notes the emptiness that comes upon people in a train that pauses too long between stations. And the conversation rises and slowly fades into silence and you see behind every face the mental emptiness deepen, leaving only the growing terror of nothing to think about. I've been on that train. He's talking about people distracted from distraction by distraction who can't deal with the emptiness of the quiet. But there's something important about that emptiness, I think. 
There's something in it that we need to hear. So perhaps this Advent, we need to make use of those pauses. The few hours in the middle of the night when we lie awake, the times we're stuck on the subway, the evenings with no plans, these are the moments that allow us to nourish the quietness within ourselves, that give us the space to be attentive to what is truly happening around us, not just on the surface, not just in the headlines, but deeper in the faces of the people that we see, in the nuances and contexts of the stories we read, in the stirring of our own hearts. If you don't already have a practice of quiet in your life, this is the season to make it happen, despite the odds. This is a good time for truly silent prayer, not just the prayer of the words we find in the prayer book, as excellent as they are, not just the prayer that speaks to God openly out of our longing and desires, important as that is, but prayer that is simply about sitting for a minute, five minutes, maybe more, with your heart and mind empty, with nothing to think about, letting all those distractions and thoughts float away, letting go of the worries and the old arguments and the to-do list, and holding yourself still. That is where paradise can come forth within you. There, in that small light, you can begin to see. It may not feel like anyone is there, or anything is happening. But all the same, sit in that quiet and allow God to do whatever it is God is doing within you and within the world around you. Keep listening. Keep watching. Wait. Jesus tells us to keep awake, keep alert. God works for those who wait for him, Isaiah says. Even now, in the emptiness, God has us in hand. May the space within you this season be filled with hope. Amen. Amen.